Episode 252 for October 2013, and no, no one is getting possessed by symbiotes in this episode. Hey, Crawl Spacers, welcome to our October edition of the show. Let me introduce our panel. We've got Chris. What's going on, Chris? Uh, nothing much. Just uh, kicking back and chilling out on this beautiful Thursday night. Thursday night? We record this on what's today's date? It's, it's the 10th. 10th of October, or 9 o'clock, 9.30 now, on a Thursday night, and we're going to go into the wee hours of the morning with this one, like we did last month. And we've got uh, Josh, I'm hooked on Brook- Breaking Bad Bertoni. Welcome, Josh. T- you're on season three after two days, is that right? Yeah, I'm almost on the season three. I'm at the end of season yeah. two. Uh, yeah, I started like a few days ago because everyone was like, Breaking Bad, you have to watch it. You have to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway yeah so i finally was like all right internet i'll do it i'll do it and then brad was texting me dude you gotta watch this you still would love it (laughs) sounds like brad (laughs) yes and uh the voice just heard was kevin welcome kev welcome back to your home state by the way yeah so uh whereas the past several of these night sessions i've been on pacific time so i was two hours before you now i'm back on eastern time so i'm an hour later than you so this might be a zanier kevin than you've been getting oh very nice and donovan what's going on don coming right back from a pizza run of over three hours and uh hopefully i won't stink up the place smelling like cheese and uh well, well done. Overcooked six cheese pizzas. So that sounds yummy. We need to you get tired after uh, a while. By well, what, 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 who do you work for? Pizza Hut, uh, Papa John's. Although I won't say which Papa John's in Nashville, Tennessee. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> hey, all you all right. spacers from Nashville, Tennessee, call your local Papa John's, order pizza, and you <laughs> might get a personal appearance from one of our podcasters. <laughs> <laughs> I won't say who. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Don has this first topic we're going to tackle news. He uh, sent me an email or a text or whatever. He said, um, Newsarama has listed a top ten list, David Letterman style, of the ten greatest Spider-Man artists of all time. And I looked at it, and I was uh, a little bit surprised what I saw. I, I <laughs> don't particularly agree with their list, but we're going to go over it. And also, every panelist has their own top ten list of uh favorite Spider-Man artists. So, according to Newsarama, let's do go from number 10. Uh, actually, Don, why don't you go through the 10? Yes, I, yeah, I, I have the, the list uh, right at, now. Here the 10. Um, at number 10, Ross Andrew. At number 9, Umberto Ramos. At number 8, Marcos Martin. At number 7, Ron Friends. At number 6, Eric Larson. At number 5, Todd McFarlane. At number 4, John Romita Sr. And at what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Number four? Okay, go ahead. As a preview into our discussion. I know. <laughs> and number three, Mark Bagley. And number two, John Romita Jr. And at number one, Steve Ditko. Okay. Thoughts on that list, Don? What do you think, man? Um, immediately, I have said on the podcast before, like, you know, because I know that, like, uh, Martin and Ramos, especially Ramos, are kind of divisive artists on Spider-Man. I like both of them, but I don't think – because I think this was uh, this was a list of the most – uh, of the greatest Spider-Man artists of all time, and I don't think that Ramos or Martin cracked that top ten list, especially 
among the likes of McFarlane and Ramita, I really don't think they're that because they've only they've not been the character that long, especially Marcos Martin. So I like both of them, but I wouldn't put them in that list. Um, the rest of the guys, I'm not going to. I mean, I, I have my own personal list in terms of um, order, but I'm not going to argue with you know. What, well, I mean, I could argue with uh, one person, but I'm not going to argue with um, the Ramitas or Dickos or Backleys or Larsons. Like those guys are obviously there's obvious reasons why they're there. Except for one person, I'll uh, I'll pretty much say yeah, that's a decent list, but the order might be uh, dubious. What what what's your problem with the order? Who do you think it was uh, unfairly listed? Personally, I, I, I think yeah. I think Jr. may have said that this this artist is his favorite Spider-Man artist. I am not a big fan of Ross Andrew, and that I mean I appreciate what he's done because he's worked on Spider-Man for years. He had a straight like five year run on Amazing, but. His style never really seemed to be more than like really generic Bronze Age Marvel Comics artwork to me. And I'm not saying the guy is bad. I, I appreciate what he's done, but like his Peter Parker does looks really really overtly handsome, and like a lot of the people have the same faces. And he doesn't really. It, when I think of Spider-Man artists, his artwork doesn't really scream Spider-Man to me. It scream it screams like Bronze Age artwork, which is decent but nothing special. So I don't really agree with the idea that he's on a top ten list. But you know, he in terms of like you know the productivity, I'm not going to suck. You know, like oh he sucks, or I, I just wouldn't put him on on a, a greatest of all times list. Right. Well, you've got your own top ten list, and everybody else does too. But first, let's open it up to the panel about what they think of the the newsarama listing. What do you guys think? Is something wrong with the list? <laughs> Somebody need to be added? What do you think? I think there is a, one very glaring omission. Um, Bob Kane. <laughs> um, the, the initials SB. Uh, yep. Yep. Sal Buscema. Yeah, I agree. Where was he on their list? Do they even know who he is? They barely knew who. <laughs> well, I mean, there's, there's the glaring omission of Sal Buscema mixed with. I'm sorry, Humberto Ramos belongs nowhere near this list. Not even. <laughs> yeah. Not even slightly. I mean, he's not on my top 100. Yeah. <laughs> I understand he's been doing a lot of work over the past couple of years, but and you know people people praise his uh, you know the kinetic style he has and making things move, but it doesn't look good. I'm sorry, but I don't like your art if it doesn't look good. I I, I think he's gotten better since his uh, Jenkins days on spec. He has on days and off days, but you're gonna put him on the list over Sabi Sema? Hell's no, I'm not. <laughs> Everyone in that and like his spec issues like. And looked like baboons, like those Israeli people from his Doc Ock story. <laughs> yeah, the JR said yeah. they look like simians. And I, and I was actually, like, you know, in preparation for this discussion, I was re, uh, kind of skimming over his death in the family stuff. And I love that story. And I, and I like him as an artist, but it looks, it almost looks completely different uh, compared to his amazing stuff. Well, and even today, like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put um, Stegman on my top ten list because, you know, he hasn't done very much Spider-Man yet, but Stegman blows Humberto Ramos out of the water for me, and they have kind of similar styles. I mean, he's the not Ramos, right? <laughs> for Tony's fave, yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about uh, Ditko. Uh, in my opinion, it, it's a fight between uh, Romita Sr. and Ditko for the top, number one. Um, I mean... Do you, do you you agree with that or you disagree? Who who should be number one? I Don? I personally, well, you know, honestly, I I actually would like to talk about this, but it kind of gets into my own list. Um, okay. Like, like I'll, I'll say the Steve Ditko is on my on my top ten list, and I think that like 
I, I thought about this today. You're either a Romita fan or a Steve Ditko fan. Rarely do Spider-Man fans say that they like both of them. Because I, I, there's a lot of Spider-Man fans that like either like the weirdness of Ditko or the romance of Romita. And that can kind of get divisive at times. Maybe, maybe we, all, we, both like, we all like them both. But uh, I can kind of elaborate later on if you'll like, you know, yeah. buy me some time. Well, let, let's go through our list then. I think that's what the conversation is leading to. So let, I'll go through every panelist's list. So, Don, let, let, go from 10 to 1. Where, let's hear your list. Okay, I'll go through like, the, like uh, 10 through 6 kind of briefly, and I'll elaborate more on, on the top 5. But uh, okay. number 10 is a tie between Ramos and Martin. <laughs> and, and, yeah, this, this is a, f- a favorite thing, because I, I do like them, especially, like, uh, um, Ramos. But they don't, I don't think they should be in, like, uh, a higher list, because I think that a little bit too – Martin is a little bit too derivative of, of Ditko, and I think that, like, they've not done enough to really make their mark on the character, no matter what News Armas says. Uh, number right. nine, uh, Pat Olif, or Olifi, however you pronounce it. Oh, yeah. From uh, Untold Tales. And I like that, because I, I read Untold Tales as a kid, and I really like that style, even now, um, years later. Number eight is Eric Larson, who, you know, did a great, amazing run. Number seven is uh, Todd McFarlane. I really like his Spider-Man. I don't like how he draws people. Like, I don't like how he draws Peter or Mary Jane or anybody without a mask. But his Spider-Man and Venom are really, really, really good. Mm-hmm. And um, number six is Mike Waringo. I really oh wow I, I didn't think about him yeah, yeah. I was I was uh, the late great Mike Ringo I really enjoyed his stuff from Sensational the Takazago stuff and I was really and when when he was on um was he on Friendly Neighborhood yeah yeah he launched that with Peter David yeah yeah I, I, I like his older stuff but I always I always love his style I love him on Spider Man I love him on uh, Robin I love him on Spider Boy the amalgam thing you remember that, <laughs> that was... yeah yes I I love those variant covers of all the different costumes that he had yes. Yeah, I, I, that was love that image. He's always been one of my favorite Spider-Man artists, but he didn't make the top five. Um, which what was the top five? Okay, number five, Ron Friends. Love Ron yeah, Friends. Me too. To me, he's like he's like he, he has he's like I've heard a lot of people compare him to Kirby, but I think he's the, he, in terms of Spider-Man artwork, he's a great marriage between Ditko and Ramita. Um, especially like to me, his tour de force is Hot Robin Lives. When I was a kid, I didn't know a lot of the continuity, so I just read it for the artwork, and the artwork so holds up. It is gorgeous. Love Hot Gun. Does anyone else do Spider Girl? I know, and I, I've seen his artwork. If you see his uh, his uh, commissions and sketches, they're they're awesome. Love Run Friends. Yeah, I would love a commission by him too. Number four, Steve Ditko, and I again, I think <laughs> here we go. I think he's he's a divisive guy because a lot of people like think he's a little bit too cartoony or whatever. But the, the fact of the matter is, like, when you look at those early issues and you really look, look at the art, like, Spider-Man just would not be nearly as popular without Steve Ditko. That half-mask thing he does, like, he, he gave that mm-hmm. to Peter. That wasn't Stan Lee. That was Steve Ditko. Like, the quirky body language he, he gave to Spider-Man, like, like, the sort of, like, style of fighting, like, the, the sense of turmoil he gave Peter Parker and all the other characters, like, the sort of psychological angle he gave to their artwork, the really crazy uh, movements he gave to, like, the villains and the distinctive looks of the Green Goblin. That's all Steve Ditko. And I think that, like, ever since then, no other artist has been able to capture that sense of just u- unique uh, artistic vision that, that Dico has given Spider-Man. Uh, yep. Number three, <laughs> um, Ramita Jr. Love Ramita Jr. I didn't like when I was a kid because I didn't know any better, but, like, when you look at, like, the uh, Mauer Mackey stuff, and especially like, the, Ma- the Mackey stuff and the John Ramita, uh, or uh, the uh, JMS stuff, he does humor very well. He does dark, gritty stuff very well, and he does superhero action very well. And I really love the way he draws uh, just Spider-Man's like you know web swinging. I think he is the best 
Spider-Man artist in terms of web swinging. I, I really, really love yeah. his Spider-Man. Uh, number two, Romita Sr. Um, I, I'm sure he's only some people's number one, but I really love... There's not much you can say about Romita Sr. that's not already been said. He's like the best romance artist ever to, to work in comics. Um, he, you know, he gifted us with Mary Jane. And just, it's always a joy to see uh, his artwork wherever it pops up. Uh, and my favorite Spider-Man artist is Mark Bagley. Uh, he just, that's just the best iteration of Spider-Man you can ever see. I just love, every, every time I ever see a Mark Bagley drawn Spider-Man, I just, I, I just gush no matter what it is, be it amazing <laughs> or ultimate. I, he, he draws the best Venom, the best Carnage, the best Symbiotes, and I just everything he draws is gorgeous, no matter who is inking him, even though he had some rough spots in Ultimate. Mark Bagley, to me, is the best Spider-Man artist of all time. Was he your first uh, amazing artist that you, when you first saw the book? Was he on it when you first picked up your first issue? I don't, I don't, honestly, I think my first uh, issue was Salva Simba, but uh, we didn't, he okay. didn't do it. Amazing. But, like, he would have. Well, I mean, he, you got into it in the 90s when he was on his run, though, and Amazing. I mean, yeah, he right. definitely would have been the artist when I got into character, but that's not because of an right. thing. I, I look back at those issues and still marvel at the artwork. Right. That's a good list. I disagree with it, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's go, uh, go down the line again. Uh, Chris, let's hear your top 10. All right, well, and explain I, a little bit too. I, I'll try to explain. I, I don't know if I can top uh, the detail Don went into, and no, he, uh, he did a really good job. There, there's no effort on my part to try and make this a definitive list. This is solely the first ten to come to my mind as my favorites, and then I arrange them in order. Um, so number ten, I had Ron Garney. Uh, number nine, mm. I had Terry Dodson from Marvel Knights Spider-Man. Oh, okay. um, That's good. Eight, Ross Andrew. Seven, Steve Ditko, and whoa, oh, oh, boom! Stay strong, uh, stay strong. Yeah, oh. I don't think I could, in good conscience, make a list without Ditko on it because of all the characters he created and the looks that he created. But I don't really care for his aesthetic, so you know, just because you, you know, were the first doesn't mean you're the most appealing to me. So, you know, I stand by that. Right above uh, Steve Ditko at number six, I'm going to put Mike Deodato. Um, uh, he almost panelist, yeah. Yeah, um, and, uh, you know, I think the strength of his work on Amazing with JMS earns him a spot on this list, but if I could also consider sort of spin-offs, including the Thunderbolts with the Green Goblin, that's the best Green Goblin that's ever been drawn, bar none. Yeah. Um, Number five, I'm going with Mike Zeck. Uh, uh, love Zeck. Number four, the uh, I guess I, I'll, I'll, since we're in the top five, I'll do a little bit more explanation. But uh, obviously, Zeck did uh, Craven's Last Hunt, which is my favorite Spider-Man story of all time. Don't forget uh, Secret Wars. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Another critical uh, Spider-Man moment. Um, number four, the the glaring omission from Newsarama's list and uh, one of the most prolific Spider-Man artists of all time, Sal Buscema. Um, you know, my favorite Spider-Man run of all time is Sal Buscema and uh, J.M. DeMatteis, and he, obviously he's a huge part of that. Mm, yeah. Um, number three, John Romita Jr., um, again, mostly for his work with uh, JMS, I really loved. Uh, you know, I also really like his stuff from farther back, like in the eighties and the, the, the uh, yeah, the stuff with um, Roger Stern was a great run. But I, I really felt like um, 
things were really clicking with him and JMS. Like there was a was a great creative team and a great time to be reading Spider-Man. Um, number two, Mark Bagley. Basically, for all the reasons Don said, I particularly love the way he uh, draws Venom. And number one is John Romita Sr. Yeah. And, uh, yeah I, Raise I, the roof. Uh, of, the, of, the, of the classic artists, I would definitely put him above Ditko just because I prefer his aesthetic. I think it looks... Um, I, I don't really have the same vocabulary to talk about art that you know maybe somebody who has more uh, of an artistic background would. So I don't really, I, I don't really have the uh, the words to describe what I like about art very often as as much as I could about a story. But I, I just I think it's an elegant style. It, it fits Spider Man very well, and it's my favorite. Yep, good list. Uh, Josh, let's hear yours. Yeah, definitely not as well thought out as the others, especially because I put it together on the car ride home from work. And, uh, <laughs> okay, uh, this is there are there's three people in the top three. The rest of the other spin, it's kind of in no particular order because it's really hard for me to rank people that way. Mm-hmm. All right, so um, in the no particular order, seven thing, Sal Buscema, who I did not like as a kid. But when you read, um, as I get older and I reread those old issues, especially, you know, later on in his run, um, where I think he and uh, J.M.D. Mateus uh, were very, very good together. Like, those last few pages of uh, Spectacular Spider-Man number 200, that tells the story because there was no words in those pages, and it tells you everything you know, and it hits you with all the right emotions, and that's all in the arts. Mm-hmm. And it's it could have been screwed up, but it wasn't. So Sal Buscema, you know, and I mean his legacy. Pat O'Liffy, because uh, I, li- I I liked Untold Tales when I was younger, and I liked you know the stylistic you know choice where it was Silver Age esque, but you know modern in a way. Luke Ross, I again I'm not very articulate when it comes to talking about arts, but I really really like uh, Luke Ross's stuff. It's I don't unless I change my avatar by the time this podcast comes out. My current avatar is a Luke Ross uh, panel from Brand New Day with Shashan and Betty. So the later later Luke Ross, not the like the earlier nineties Luke Ross. Well, no, I, I like the earlier nineties Luke Ross. I like all Luke Ross. Um, I like him in Hobgoblin Live. Not Hobgoblin Live. Uh, the, the Return of the the Goblins at the Gate. That was the one. Right. I um I I hate early Luke Ross. I tolerate modern. <laughs> I really. Really don't like his stuff, uh-huh. but that was cartoony in the nineties. Yeah, yeah, Gerard uh, did a sent a picture of that he drew of Betty Brandt one of my birthdays a few years ago, and it's Betty Brandt in like Luke Ross style. Uh, although he he did like you know make everyone go to Trim Spa like Ashley Coffin, Marla <laughs> Madison, like Marla Maybe Madison because- had like a steamy shower scene in like one of Luke Ross's first. <laughs> Maybe it's because I love Buscema's stuff on Specs so much, but when Luke Ross came on, I'm like, oh, I miss Buscema so much. Because it granted t- the end of Buscema's run with uh, Sevkevich. Sevkevich, I didn't really care for that, but uh, I, I I hated that. Yeah, there's so like, that was all Sevkevich's inks, though. He just completely ate Buscema's pencils. Exactly. Yeah. All right, Ron. Go ahead, John. Ron friends. Yeah. Uh, because Ron friends. I mean, come on, guys. We're on Friends. Exactly. I think that that says it all. Other people can articulate that better. Stephen Butler, who, like, 
he never even did a main like amazing from what I know, unless I forgot something. But he was on web um, a, a little bit before the Clone Saga and during the early Clone Saga, and his stuff was really good. He uh, first time I saw him was on the Silver Sable Sable in the Wild Pack spinoff book, and he also penciled some Star Trek comics at DC. Oh, really? I, when I when he came on web, I'm like, oh, it's a Star Trek guy. It's a Silver Sable guy. And yeah, it's Stephen Butler. He, yeah, he is talented. I don't know what happened to him. We haven't seen him since the nineties. At least I haven't. Yeah, Mark Bagley, because I, he is one of the most iconic uh, Spider-Man artists. I would say he's yeah. like his stuff was on. I don't know if it's still that way, but if you would buy like you know school supplies or shoes with Spider-Man on them, right. it would be Mark Bagley. And even before Ultimate Spider-Man, you know, like when he was doing Six One Six Spider-Man, his stuff was really good. And what number is Bagley for you? Well, this is like just my seven before the top three, which is kind of in no particular oh, okay. order because it's it's hard for me. The it's it's actually hard for me to rank stuff, uh, and like I regret. It's like, well, is this person above this person? Ross Andrew, because uh, when someone says Bronze Age Peter Parker, I picture you know I picture Peter Parker in that brown jacket. You know, Ross Andrews. <laughs> All right, uh, top three: Ramita Junior. At number three, he had, and he's another one who uh, grew on me over time. He, I did not like the blocky style when I was younger, and like of the people doing the main titles at the time, which was the four titles: Sensational, Peter Park, Amazing, and uh, Spectacular. He was my least favorite of all those four artists, but all the time I've grown to love his art, especially like it. It was Spider-Man for me for a long time. And uh, when he comes back and does something, it just it feels right. It feels like classic Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, Ramita Sr. Uh, everything that I said about Bagley and Iconic and all that, take that and multiply it by about a million. It's like, <laughs> I, I, I feel like I'd be stating the obvious if, if I said, why Ramita Sr.? It's like, it's... It's Ramita Senior, guys. And um, for number one, <laughs> Ditko, um, instead of feeling like I have Ooh. to state the obvious, I'm going to I'm going to state the obvious because apparently it needs to be said. Um, when you look at um, you know uh, Superior Spider Man and you see uh, the Spider Man costume, even though it's been slightly changed, that's going off of Ditko's design. Hey, look, it's Jay Jameson. That's going off of Ditko's design. Like he's the architect. It's almost not even fair to have him in the running on these lists because everyone that's come after him has been, like, working off of his original stuff. You know, he's he's the architect. He created the look of this whole world. And even though, like, the stylistic stuff has changed over the years, the basic design of all of these characters, you know, except for the ones that came afterwards, but, like, you know, the main iconic characters, that's come from him. And you cannot look at a Spider-Man book without seeing Steve Dicko influence. Yeah. Good list, good list. Kevin, let's hear your top ten. All right. Um, well, my number ten, I changed it. I originally actually had uh, the Dodsons at number ten, uh, just for the Marvel Knights Spider-Man run, which was great. But I, I went ahead and put Todd McFarlane on there, even though I don't really like Todd McFarlane's art very much. Um, but... Don was talking about his Venom, and I have to admit, uh, McFarlane's Venom is, you know, both iconic and really good, and also his style of webbing, 
pretty much changed the mm. way people drew webbing. Uh, and I yeah. cannot deny that that deserves a spot in the top ten. So I'm giving him number ten, even though I really like nothing else about his art except for Venom and the webbing. Um, <laughs> number nine goes to Alex Saviak. Uh Yeah! Finally! <laughs> <laughs> I don't think a whole lot needs to be said there. Uh, you know... <laughs> a long-running, iconic Spider-Man artist. Uh, his art looks good. Uh, done on time, you know. He's just—he's a good, solid artist. I enjoy his stuff. Um, number eight is Bill Kane, who uh, you know I've—I've I've heard a lot about uh, his being inked by John Romita Sr. a lot and stuff like that. And I'll give you that. He does look very much like John Romita Sr. in a lot of ways. Um, but he did a lot of good Spider-Man. I enjoy the way it looks. And, you know, on a personal level, he was the first guy to draw Morbius. Mm. I can't really say no. <laughs> so, uh, number seven, Ron Friend. Um, very, again, sort of classic Spider-Man artist. If it's not Spider-Man, it's Spider-Girl. Um, he did... Excellent things with Spider-Girl, maintaining the sort of classic Spider-Man look for years and years. Uh, great, solid artist again. Number six, uh, which I, I was very uh, surprised to hear Chris's number six, was also Mike Diodato Jr. Um, I really thought I was going to be defending this choice more because I would be the only one with him on my list. Um, yeah, Diodato didn't have a huge run on Spider-Man. He had 20 issues of Amazing. Um but I, I just think he is such an incredible artist uh, that he really just wowed me. And, you know, he helped draw me back into uh, modern comics as a whole. And I think it's hard to top him no matter what. But I completely admit that that's uh, it's very a personal bias thing. Um, and that's more of a favorites list than a best list part at that point. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, number five, Sabusima how anybody at any website that's ever read a Spider-Man comic book could make a top ten list without this guy is just staggering. Um, yep. You know, there's a whole decade where if you want to know who drew an issue of Spider-Man, there's a one in three chance it was Sal Buscema. Uh, the guy, I mean, he, he's a great artist. He did a very good job with his stuff. And you look at just how long he did it. He was just yeah. on the book forever, and he was he was a part of multiple great writing runs uh, because he just stayed there doing his thing and never stopped doing it well. Um, like Chris, one of my favorite runs is the uh, JMD and Salby Simmer run, and you know JMD gets a lot of credit because he's a great writer, but half of that is the artist, and he he did a great job as well. And I don't I I, I think it's an incredible disservice to this man that he was not on that list. Um, number four is Mark Bagley. I don't think there's a whole lot more I can say about Mark Bagley than has already been said. Um, he's, a, you know, there's a lot of iconism there. Uh, not only did he do great, great stuff with uh, the Marvel Universe Spider-Man, but his hundred-plus run on Ultimate Spider-Man that completely defined that entire uh, Spider-Man for a new generation uh, is indelible. And and yeah, his, his stuff is just great to look at. You see like one of his symbiotes or something, especially. I remember uh one of the one of the covers that stood out to me most in the clone saga was his spider carnage cover. That thing just Oh yeah uh, absolutely rocked. Like I, I was looking for that issue specifically for that cover. Um, <laughs> number three is John Romita Junior. Um like Josh, it took me a while to come around to him. In the beginning, when I was younger, uh, younger fan, I, I disliked him and uh, called out the blocky style. But I don't know what changed. But it, it it was like a switch flipped at some point, and I just absolutely loved the man's art. Uh, he is 
for me, the most iconic Spider-Man artists, and, and probably for my whole generation, it's either him or Mark Buckley. Um, I, I love, you know, I mean, we're talking things like the Lost Years, um, the Howard Mackey run that he did uh, on Peter Parker after the Clone Saga was amazing. Um, the, the JMS run, you know, the guy is just, he did a lot of incredible runs, and his art was so great. Uh, if this was just a favorites list, he would probably be the number one. But I think, um, you know, I can't in good conscience make a best Spider-Man artist list without the top two, these two gentlemen. Um, number two is Steve Ditko. Um, I also don't really like the aesthetic of his art. I don't enjoy the look of it. Everybody looks very sort of ugly and mean <laughs> and too Because they were. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's look like aliens. It's very weird. But <laughs> this guy created most of Spider-Man's world. Uh, he defined the look of Spider-Man and his villains and his early supporting cast, and you just can't discount that contribution. You can't. He must be in the top two. And the number one, obviously at this point, John Romita Sr., uh, where Steve Ditko defined it, John Romita Sr. redefined it. Uh, he softened the ugly, mean alien people <laughs> and <laughs> made them look like the people that we know and love now. Uh, he gave it more of that romance feel that, you know, defined a large part of Spider-Man's run. He created uh, some iconic villains of his own as well. Um, and so, honestly, as much as I love people like Romita Jr. and Bagley more personally, just for art aesthetic, uh, I think where Steve Ditko started it and Romita Jr. kind of finished it, cementing what Spider-Man is, those two have to be the top two. Very good list. Very good list. All right, my top ten. Uh, up to Brad. I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm the closer. Uh, I, I fought for number ten. I, I went back and forth for number ten. I, I originally had people like Mike Zek, who was mentioned, I think, on Chris's list. Uh, I also uh, several other people. Gil Kane, I almost put on there. Uh, but number ten, I'm going to go with Ross Andrew. He's not my favorite, but I, I like his contributions that he did during the 70s. I liked uh, – I was looking at the issue numbers. He did amazing from 125 all the way up, off and on, through 186. And that's a huge run of Spider-Man. A lot happened. Uh, you had the first appearance of the Punisher. You had the Clone Saga in there. You had the team-up of Superman and Spider-Man mm -hmm. that he penciled. Uh, I just think as far as best Spider-Man artists, he, he had a, a good hand of uh, adding things to his mythos. Number nine, uh, Eric Larson for me. Uh, I liked his stuff. The guy that followed McFarlane, my God, did he have a lot of shoes to fill in my opinion. <laughs> and I think he did a very good job of it. I think he made the book continued uh, the excitement of the 90s that McFarlane just put on fire in the late 80s and early 90s. And he, he gave his own style. And I liked that style. Um, it was very, very good artist. I liked Eric Larson a lot. Didn't care for when he came back with Howard Mackey, and even he, he will admit he didn't care for his return with Howard Mackey in the reboot in the nineties. He drew my favorite Felicia. He yeah, and and the, <laughs> with uh, Flash Thompson with the arrow pants <laughs> <laughs> and the hairy arms. The Harry, yeah, yeah. Flash Thompson and Felicia Hardy, like the couple of the '90s, like exactly. Yeah. Always talking about Air Jordans and stuff. Right. Yeah, I liked Eric Larson stuff. I, I liked his uh, the visual of that uh, adjectiveless Spider-Man with the Sinister Six coming back. That uh, was just. Did he design the uh, the sharp suit, uh, Doctor Octopus? Possibly. You mean with the white coat? Yeah. 
I, I, I dug that. I, I thought that looked cool. Uh, number eight, Alex Savick, one of my personal favorites, and I was I was happy to hear Kevin put him on the list. The man has been drawing Spider-Man since the 80s and still does it. Who can say that? Mm. Uh, he had a 100-issue run on web. I wish the man had better plots to pencil, but uh, <laughs> I, I, I just think his stuff is a modern uh, – when I talk modern, I'm talking a modern 80s and 90s Ramita Sr., his Mary Jane is up there with Romita Sr., in my opinion, for being the most beautiful. And uh, I just love Savick. He pencils the, uh, the Sunday daily strips. He also inks the, the Monday through Saturday Spider-Man strips. Uh, just love his stuff. Did a, had a fun interview. It was great to meet him in Chicago a couple of years ago. Uh, Ron Friends, number seven for me. Uh, one of my favorite covers as a kid was Amazing Spider-Man number 258. That was in the middle of the Black Symbiote uh, saga, and it's a picture of a black suit and a red suit fighting and pulling at Peter Parker, and that's all friends. And I'm like, this is epic. And it was uh, also his Fire Lord two-parter that he penciled with uh, DeFalco. Loved that. I just love Spider-Man hammering and beating the hell out of Fire Lord. I don't care if people say it's not possible. Ron, <laughs> Friends, made, Ron Friends made me believe that Spider-Man could kick Fire Lord's ass. <laughs> hell, Ron Friends could pencil Spider-Man kicking Galactus' ass, and I would believe it, too. Ron Friends uh, doesn't know who Fire Lord is. Exactly, me too. Hey, Brad. Like, hey Brad, yeah. remember in the 80s when Spider-Man beat up the X-Men every week? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was Zack. Zach, I, 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 that? I, I know, that, that, was a, that was a joke from the Fire Lord thing. <laughs> um, above Ron Friends, well, the black costume. Um, did he, he penciled 252, is that correct? Yes, that was him. I think, he, yeah, yeah. I mean... The the black costume is a, is an epic moment in Spider-Man's history, and Ron Friends was very much a part of that and made that look amazing, literally. <laughs> uh, number six for me, Sal Buscema. I am so happy to hear his name on almost everybody's list. Did it make everybody's list? I think it did. It didn't make mine. Although <laughs> it didn't. It didn't make yours, Don. Really? He would be. He would be like an honorable mention or number eleven. I love Salvi Sim, a very nice guy. That podcast that we did several years ago, one of my favorites we've ever done. Uh, just a humble guy, just a guy that gets the job done and does it very, very well. And people that do consistently good work often get overlooked. And Salvi Sima does not need to be overlooked. He is a, is a true star. And he, he def- beat odds because he, also, he had to fight uh, living in his brother's shadow. John Buscema, I mean, just a great artist in his own right, and uh, he had such an impact on Spider-Man's look uh, through the, I think, 88 or something is when he took on spec, and he left in the 90s, and just a great, great artist. And also continued the ink uh, friends on uh, Spider-Girl. Oh, yeah, that, that's gorgeous line work. Beautiful, beautiful stuff. Number five, Todd McFarlane for me. Anybody that sp- sells 2.5 million copies of Spider-Man, deserves to be on this damn list. Uh, McFarlane, I loved McFarlane. Back in the 90s, my God. He, back in the late 80s, early 90s, McFarlane was my guy. He was, the, he was my absolute favorite Spider-Man artist. I loved his stuff. Couldn't get enough of it. In fact, I went back when I was a total Marvel zombie in the, in the late 80s, early 90s. I went back and found every McFarlane pencil book I could find. I even bought a book called Infinity Inc. I didn't I didn't read the damn thing. I just looked at the pictures. I love <laughs> McFarlane stuff so much. 
What, did, he what, did, what was it? He did Batman. He did Batman 423. And he did Conan 241. Oh, he cool. did Why Daredevil. Are you so specific right now. Because I love. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> it's hard for him to remember all this stuff when he's looking up the thing. No, I'm really not. This is off a straight <laughs> memory. I, I just remember the specific. When I was a kid, I went to comic conventions looking to buy back issues of McFarlane because I loved it. I had McFarlane posters all over my room. I had the gray Hulk. McFarlane started on the Hulk and then did Spider-Man. How am I not going to love that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the only reason you give a crap about Spawn. Uh, I bought Spawn, yes. <laughs> right, can I, can I ask, because you were, you were there when he like, first got on the book, what was it about I, his artwork that, that you really loved? Like from Going from the usual Spider-Man, like net webbing to like McFarlane stuff? What, like you said in interviews in the past, uh, he... T- he uh, emphasized more of the spider than the man. Like, yeah, because his people were ugly. <laughs> <laughs> when he put on that suit, he turned into a different person. Uh, he could he hung upside down, just a little bit creepier. He was in the shadows a little bit more. That uh, he changed the look of the webbing. Uh, I think that was even addressed in like Amazing Two Ninety Nine. I think where he put a new formula for the webbing. Really? And, yeah. Oh, that's cool. For Tony, back me up. Wasn't it about 298, 299 or I, something? I'd have to go back and look. All I remember yeah. about that is there was that villain called Chance. Right, the, right, right. The guy with the, guy with the jetpacks, and then, like, and, and then it has the Venom cameos. Right. I never knew that was, a, that, was a, that was an explanation. That's really cool. He, he changed, yeah, he changed the webbing formula, and that was cool. Um, what else was cool? He made the eyes a little bit bigger and baggy. A little bit. He did a slave variation on Mary Jane's design, you know. Uh, <laughs> the Starfire hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah Mary Jane well, from Amaron. <laughs> like everybody said, um, uh, I don't know what everybody said. Anyway, uh, number five, I just love McFarlane. Uh, it, I wish he would make a return... I, did pencil something. I mean, when he left in, what, 91? Uh, he, hasn't, he hasn't returned. What was his last issue? 328 of Amazing? No, it was Spider-Man 16 with the crossover with x I think the last issue has bad blood with the entire comic book industry now, though, so probably not. And it's fans. And he wished me a happy birthday this year on Facebook. I don't care if it's one of his <laughs> minions. Freaking Todd McFarlane wished me. <laughs> his robot, with, too. Did you, did you print that out and put it on your wall? Uh, yes. Uh, anyway, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, number four for me, Mark Bagley. Uh, beautiful art, consistent art. Um, I, I noticed his art uh, back with uh, New Warriors, the volume one. I'm like, this is a really talented artist. And when he got on Amazing, following Eric Larson, I think, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, again, just another solid handoff that started with the peak of McFarlane. And I think the... Just Bagley uh, made Spider-Man his own. Granted, like uh, Savick, had scripts that weren't the best uh, <laughs> through the Clone Saga, etc. But I think Bagley always gave 100%, and we enjoyed it. And then his second renaissance, which only Romitas Jr., I think, has had a really solid second attempt on, on the character and just knocked it out of the park again with Ultimate Spider-Man. Uh, so I respect Bagley. I really like his style. Uh, I wish I enjoyed Fantastic Four more. With <laughs> well, um, he's he's penciling the um, Ultimate Cataclysm thing that features the new Ultimate yeah. Spider-Man, so that's that's pretty cool. 
that'll be cool. But uh, he's very much Marvel, and I I, I, I I didn't really catch up what he did with uh, DC, but it sounded like it wasn't that great when he left. Oh, uh, Trinity? The Trinity thing, yeah. yeah. He just started Dick and Batman. That, was, that wasn't that bad. Yeah. Anyway, I'm glad he's back at Marvel. I just wish he was on a better book than what Fantastic Four is turning out with these days. <laughs> okay. Uh, and it starts solid and then just went into the can. Uh, top three. All right. Number three for me is Romita Jr. Uh, I love Romita Jr. I like him more than Todd McFarlane. <gasps> I know. That's why he's number three. <laughs> uh, when I was, what, seven or eight years old in the in the early 80s, John Romita Jr. is the first artist where I looked at the art in the book and I go, I wonder who drew this. And I remember specifically, I'm like, John Romita Jr. Hmm. Okay, that's cool. I didn't know who Roger Stern was. I didn't look who wrote the book. I look who looked as a kid who drew the book and that was the first time I really li- liked looked at the credits because I loved his style and I, I followed it a little bit as a kid I'm like you know what this X-Men art looks like my Spider-Man art hmm that's cool now it's Romita Jr. I like his stuff anyway classic run with the Hobgoblin tale mm-hmm. uh, J.M. Uh, I mean uh, Straczynski J.M.S. is hot and cold for me but when uh, Romita Jr.'s uh, penciling it, uh, I love it. I mean, <laughs> I just love Romita Jr.'s stuff. Uh, I, I wish he was born. He has the genetic code of drawing Spider-Man in him. How can you not like it? Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> so he's number three. All right, number two and number one. My number two, I like his style more than I do number ones, which is his daddy. Number two is Romita Sr. for me. Um he made the character a classic, and he helped secure Spider-Man as the number... He's Spider-Man is always mentioned in the top three of superheroes. If you ask any kid, who named three superheroes? Superman, Batman, and Spider-Man. I think Romita Sr. Made, <laughs> secured him in that top three. I don't know if uh, kids are like that anymore. Iron Man, Deadpool, Wolverine! <laughs> oh, I... I I don't know. I think in I think in ten years it's still going to be Superman, Batman. Spider-Man. I think ben globally, 10. Yeah. yeah. Ben Ten, Obi Wan Kenobi. <laughs> anyway, I think Romita Senior made the character a classic that's going to be here for freaking ever. Oh yeah. Uh, his Mary Jane. Uh, my God, hubba hubba. Uh, <laughs> uh, his when I think of classic Spider-Man, Romita Senior's art pops in my head. So number one is Ditko for me. Is your favorite artist? Uh, he, he's this is the best Spider-Man artist. Okay. He's not Ditko's not my favorite, but uh, Bertoni summed it up best, and I can't top what he said about how he created the look of this universe that we're doing a freaking podcast about. Without Ditko, we don't have this thing. We, I mean, it wouldn't. Ramita Senior made it stick around longer than it possibly could, but Ditko's the one that built the house that we all live in. Uh, those 38, 40 if you count the two annuals, uh, the look of that costume, the webbing, the look of Peter, the just that whole universe is Ditko. And I wonder what Spider-Man would look like if John Romita Jr. designed the costume. 
John Romita Jr. I mean, I, you mean Jack Romita? John Romita Sr. What would Amazing Spider or Amazing Fantasy 15 look like if John Romita Sr. designed the costume? Millie the model? <laughs> I don't know. I, I I don't know. I don't know if Romita Sr. could design as good a costume as that. Well, he did. What other characters did he design? He designed the Rhino. He designed Hammerhead. Spider-Man would look a little bit more like Superman, I think. A little bit more attractive, uh, a little bit more muscular, a little less teenager, more 20-ish. Just like he did with him on the book. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. He would look like that. I think, yeah. Yeah, Everyone would be a lot calmer. <laughs> like at the end of the Dico run, everyone hated each other. The thing about, the thing about Spider-Man, he's the everyman, and he's also the, the he's got problems. In Romina Senior's world, there aren't as many problems as there are in Ditko's world. You know, uh, everything's a little bit more uh, more attractive in Romina Senior's world. Ditko, he's got problems with those alien chicks, Kevin. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> well, the thing about Ditko is that like. Spider-Man being the everyman has problems, and those, like, like you said, those problems are kind of really accentuated. Whereas with uh, Ramita, the problems aren't so bad. I know he's got beautiful blondes and redheads after his ass. I mean, <laughs> I think that there's a misconception about the Ramita era, and like, and Don and I have talked about this. Where like people think that every issue is like the gang hanging out at the coffee. And then Craven comes. Like it, it wasn't all Archie and the gang. Like, like Peter did have problems. Like in the Ramita run, they weren't as big as his problems in the Dicko run because, like, right. in the Dicko run, everyone hated him by like the last issue, <laughs> except for Aunt May. Like that's why. Like if if you look at the first issue of the Ramita run, it's like everyone that hated him in the last issue starts apologizing to him like one by one, except for Jonah. Yeah. Did, did, uh, any omissions from this list that were n- on none of our lists that you guys want to talk about? I know Joker's Kane Was Gil Kane on anybody's list? I Gil Kane was on my list. I, okay. I said this in the in the boards. The reason I didn't yeah. put Gil Kane is that like, well, I do think he's a great artist and a great you know Spider-Man edition. I think his best stuff was embellished by Ramita to the point where it was basically Ramita doing the artwork. That's yeah. the reason I didn't put on there. Well, one artist that almost made my list, but. It's it's a case of kind of like what I said about Alex Savick. I wish he had better stuff to work with. Uh, John Byrne, I like as an artist. <laughs> I, 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 I loathe his chapter one. And I, I hated the, the volume two launch. And that just ruined it a bit for me. But as an artist, I think John Byrne is amazing. I love his X-Men stuff. And when he's not being penciled by or inked by himself, possibly Terry Austin uh, <laughs> is my favorite for him. Uh, Burn is awesome. What do, literally. what do you guys think about uh, Alex Ross's Spider-Man? I like it. I liked it for Marvels. Cause, yeah, because like it's a specific, like like you know the way he draws the mask, and like you know you can see the web shooters through the gloves and stuff. It's a um, Spider-Man it's looks a, scary drawn by Alex Ross, which I, I actually like that. You could see why people wouldn't trust him because like he is more spider-like when drawn by Alex Ross. It's a painted version of Romita Senior, is what I take it. Kind of, yeah. No, yeah, I, I adore... I mean, Alex Ross is always, like, one that's sort of, like, away from other artists because he's a, he's a painter, but, like, in terms of, like, you know, interpretations of the character, I thought, I thought I'd mention it. And I, I, I do really like it, especially, like, uh, the, the Marvel's miniseries. I love that sh- I love that book. Chris, or Kevin, any artists that uh, almost made your list, that we no- made nobody's list? Ramos? Um, I mean, I said, uh, you know, Terry and... Uh 
Terry, Terry Dodson was my number yeah. 10 before, and also Mike Zek was on my list for a bit before I thought of a few more that bumped him off. Um, but those were both on Chris's list, actually, so they were represented. I'm glad somebody mentioned Zek. I wish he had a longer run on Spider-Man. I, I really uh, strongly considered putting Ryan Stegman on my list, but I, I realized he just hasn't drawn enough Spider-Man to really warrant it. But if you could include his Scarlet Spider work with his Superior Spider-Man work, I think there's enough there to say that he might be a number 11, because I really think that he's the uh, best artist in the, the current era. Yeah, I've, I had the same argument with myself, actually. Why do you think Mr. Ramos is uh, and, uh, <laughs> on News Rama's list? Because they're, they're, <laughs> they're, they're, on, suck, they're stuck up. This, this is like the whole reporter thing where you ask a question that you know you already know the answer to because you want the quote. <laughs> well, it is my job. Why is Mr. Ramos on News around this list? Is it is it to maybe perhaps please Marvel who advertises on their website possibly? Yes, you know. <laughs> all right, well, thank you. Uh, there is sort of a strange cult around Humberto Ramos that I don't even begin to understand. Oh, that's, um, a that's a little harsh. Oh, it's the goblin Humberto Ramos. Well, you know, you know what I'm talking about, though. There's, there's this, there's people that, and in, like, intensely love Humberto Ramos' work, and I, I have no idea why. But like, I remember uh, Steve Wacker saying when Humberto Ramos came into his office for the first time, it was like meeting a rock star to him. And I don't understand that at all. I was honest to God. I was at the comics book shop yesterday, uh, picking up my comics, just looking through some stuff. A guy that clearly the people at the comic book shop didn't know walked in and asked, like, uh, do you have Spider-Man? And the comic shop guy was like, um, we're sold out of the regular Superior. We have this, this, and this. And he was just like, is that Humberto Ramos? I'm like, ah, uh, no. Like, uh, what's Humberto Ramos? Guys just comes in just looking for Humberto Ramos. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> but there are people out there that love the guy. And I, 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 I legitimately just do firm. not see it. Yeah. I get it, but like his 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 style is just a bit too quirky to be seen like as iconic to me. At least for Sp- oh another artist that I would have put on there, uh, and I didn't put on there because I like his artwork, not specifically his Spider-Man stuff, but his artwork in general is J. Scott Campbell. The thing is though, is yeah. I really like his because like he he draws great anatomy. I really like his Spider-Man, especially like those variant covers for uh, those covers for the JM, the first JMS story. But like his cheesecake is really hard to take sometimes. Not for me, baby. <laughs> Those statues I saw at Comic Con looked like they're beautiful. They were, I thought they were like way too cartoony, like when you see them in three dimensions. But I do love his art. I, I do too. All right, very good topic, Don. I like that one a lot. I think we had a good discussion on that. Why well, I linked it to you on Facebook? That was a good one, dude. Uh, all right, what else? We're going to tackle news now. Uh, Kevin, you got this one. Shit, I thought we were done uh, for all that. <laughs> that, that's the show. That's the show for October, folks. <laughs> we should do writers one month. We should do writers one next, month. Not, not next month because it it's Jeopardy. Because so like yeah. if oh, we the can't month run after too next. Late. let's do it. All right. I I, I wish Jr. were on the show too. I'm going to ask him tomorrow when we record yeah. his. Spark- By the way, um, I want to hear. I'm just finding yeah. out that uh, Jeopardy is next month. I can feel myself catching a cold. I think it will probably <laughs> arrive around next month. Actually, Kevin, we're doing Spider Jeopardy with Collins. No, <laughs> we're asking the callers question. No, I'm just kidding. It's, it's oh, actually one of your lifelines. If you if you get stumped, you know you go to the live callers. 
It's always to the like people on the message boards who complain each year, like, "Oh man, I could have gotten that right. I got you know fifteen out of twenty questions right." Dude, if we mixed like Jeopardy and live callers, the show would legit just shut down from tech problems. Just a little editor's note: the following day, after we recorded the uh, the top ten list of the regular panel, we record a show with uh, George and Jr. And I also asked them about their top ten lists of uh, Spider-Man artists of all time. So I wanted to splice this in with the regular gang just to keep the continuity because I really uh, respect their opinions of who they think are the top ten greatest Spider-Man artists of all time. So this is a little splice. Uh, on the line you have Kevin, myself, JR, and George. So we'll add this to the end just to keep the artist segment together. Let's get back to the show. Because I want to hear... JR's top ten list of best well, Spider-Man artists. Well, hey. This is playing off of the Newsarama uh, website today, top ten greatest Spider-Man artists of all time, and there were some controversial people in there. Uh, I'll read them real quick, and I'll get the reactions from uh, George and JR. Number ten was Ross Andrew. Number nine, Humberto Ramos. Number eight, Marcos Martin. Number seven, Ron Friends. Six, Eric Larson. Five, Todd McFarlane. Four, John Romita Sr. Number four, John Romita Sr. God. Anyway, three, Mark Bagley. Two, John Romita Jr. And number one was Steve Ditko. This is according to Newsarama. Fellas, what do you think of that list? Uh, Marcos Martin, WTF. (laughs) (laughs) Humberto Ramos, number nine. I see I like Ramos. I know, I know that's controversial because I know not a lot of people do. I know uh, is it Kevin? I think Kevin wants to eat his liver. I think didn't, didn't you say that, Kevin? <laughs> At one no, point, I, you wanted I, to like go handle Electra on it. His, his liver is probably unrealistic and cartoony and wouldn't fill me up. Oh, well, see now here's the thing though. I like this was just Spider-Man artist. You didn't say Amazing Spider-Man artist. You just you said Spider-Man artist. Right, ten and and I like Humberto Ramos. I think he his style is more suited for satellite titles. But I like, you know, there's been a lot of stuff in the brand new verse that he's done where he's tightened things up a lot. And then sometimes he'll get loose and then he'll come back and he'll be tight again. I'm hot and cold with him, but I don't think he deserves anywhere on a top ten list. Well, you know, there's... Especially over Salbu Sima. I could see it. It depends on the factors you're using. Like, no, he doesn't... No, over Salbu Sima? Hell no. Hell no. Thank you very much. But, but, I mean, (laughs) when you look at, like... When you look at this, the, the sheer bulk of work, he's done a lot now. Yeah. He's done a shitload. Mm-hmm. I mean, am I wrong on that, Jr.? Well, he has. I mean, yeah, when you think about uh, the revolving door that's creative teams these days, and, uh, yeah, he's probably, ever since he started with uh, during the Paul Jenkins run, I don't know, maybe he, he might, he, he probably has done more than just about anybody, really, when you think about it. I mean, because you know, you rattle off a bunch of the art, other artists, and how many, do, you know, how many did they do? And uh, most probably hasn't beat. I'm not sure he's reached 50 issues. Yeah, but Brad, well, hang on now, because yeah. he did. Uh, what was it, Peter Parker, Spider-Man? Remember back when Jenkins was doing it? I know. He's done a shitload. That that title ran 27 issues. I don't think he penciled all of them. I think he's, he's easily he's, done more than 50 issues total of Spider-Man. Yeah, I think Kevin's right. I don't think he's topped 100. I think you're smoking crack. <laughs> Here, let me ask the stripper friend of mine. Yeah, but there's like, there's oh. like what, one artist, two artists that have topped 100? Yeah. Well, you've got Alex Savick, you've got Sal Buscema, John Romita, and... 
And Mark Bagley, if you count. Ultimate. And Mark Bagley, yeah. I think that's the ones to be. Oh, isn't that both Hermitas? Didn't both Hermitas? No, oh, Hermita Sr. wasn't on it for uh, for that long. Not for 100 well, issues, if, was it? If you count covers and all the various Spider-Man No, you don't count like covers. Hermita Sr. didn't have no You're the only person that counts covers, Brad. You're the only person, other than like people who buy it just because it's a variant, who will put a cover into the final grade. Honestly, if you count covers, then Ramos has got more, too. <laughs> Every time you do that, I want to punch you in the Tic Tacs. <laughs> what about my M&Ms? Uh, <laughs> All right. Well, we've heard George's two cents. What, JR, what's your two cents of news Ramos list? Uh... <laughs> You know, it's. I mean, I, I. You know, everybody knows how I feel about Ramos. I don't even much like to say it anymore because I don't want people to think it's a personal thing. I mean, I just really do not like the style. I don't like the exaggerated style. I like very plain, simple art, and and most of the ones on the list are you know pretty well that. There's uh, none of them are given to you know real exaggerated features or you know cartoony things or. Uh, you know, any, anything of that nature. The, the people look like people. They don't look like simians. You know, Marcos Martin, I, you know, I, again, I don't have that much against his art, really, but I mean, I, I admit it, like, come on, he's not done near enough to. Exactly. I, I mean, you know, and I mean, I mean, to be above Ross Andrew. I mean, uh, okay, yeah, yeah, really. I mean, and and I and you know, like, I mean, they are true. You know, it is Newsarama does get it right when they say that Andrew is is was the Spider Man artist for a certain generation because yes, indeed, he he was the Spider Man artist for my generation. Uh, yeah, coming in five in years the, in the five years of in it. the early seventies. I mean, and because mm-hmm. uh, I remember when I started reading uh, when they came out with Spectacular, the very first Spectacular, and. Um, Oh Lord, who was it? Sam? Who who drew? Salve, it was Salvi Sima. Yeah, he drew issue one. Yeah, and I kept thinking, well, that's not Peter Parker. I didn't look anything like Spider Man <laughs> <laughs> because it was you know my my image was of, of Ross Andrews. So, but when, when you add up Marcos Martin, I don't think he's top fifteen issues of Spider Man. Martin, his and I don't even like his style. I, I know what people went Gaga. I remember when that story first came out where uh, you had MJ with the uh, with the doped up uh, celebrity guy. Yeah. And um, and and everybody was like, I remember reading people saying, "Oh, oh, look! It looks like Romita Senior." And I'm like, "Are you are you effing kidding me?" <laughs> I think it looks more like his style looks like more Ditko. It, it, than it does look more like it does look more Ditko. It looks more like Pablo yeah. Picasso. It's Cubist. That that one picture of MJ on the couch didn't look anything like like human anatomy supposed to look like. People were like, "Oh my God, this is the best MJ I've ever seen!" And I'm like, "Are you high? Are you high on crack cocaine right now?" <laughs> so let's get to you two gentlemen's top ten list. Jr. Start at number ten. Let's let's hear your list. Oh, explain I, I, why they're on your list. Oh well, I don't know that I I, I don't think I ranked them, but I'll, I'll I'll kind of make up it as I as I go along. Okay. Uh, okay. First of all, uh, Stagron. Be- yes, yes, yes. <laughs> because he's a, he's a dinosaur man. Yeah, I mean, the, I mean list. any any list that doesn't have Stegron on it is a silly list. Okay, yes. you know, because he's a dinosaur man. You know what's not to like? Uh, I don't care whether or not he can draw. He's a dinosaur man. Uh, anyway. If he draws stick figures, he's still in the top five. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, let's see here. Um, I, this one, I, I'll sort of I'll sort of work my way up, I guess. Uh, uh, actually, I, this is two for one uh, because neither one of them did hardly any Spider-Man. Uh, okay. But I just I just loved it when I saw it, uh, okay. and that 
Frank Cho, who did a couple of Marvel Knights Spider-Man, and Phil Winslade, who did that uh, series um, Spider-Man Daredevil. It was an awful series, uh, but I just loved his Spider-Man. You know, it yeah. just uh, it was it was re- it was kind of a skinny be Spider-Man, but it wasn't grossly exaggerated. Uh, like I said, he even made uh, the stilt man look look creepy. So I, I just whatever. I wish both of those guys had done more Spider-Man. Uh, let's see here. Uh, I would probably say uh, Gil Kane. Uh, mm-hmm. Kane was uh, sandwiched in between Romita and Ross Andrew, uh, and you know I don't. It wasn't I. I you know, moving that transition from Romita to Kane to Andrew wasn't a very jarring one or a difficult one. Uh, and so, you know, again, nice, plain, simple, clean art. <laughs> uh, yeah. Go, I'm sorry. No, no, I, I think we're up to number nine. Yeah, he was so he was number nine. Yeah. Okay. Uh, then I'd probably say uh, Ron Friends. Uh, yeah. I, I just I remember when I first saw uh, Ron Friends was the uh, Amazing 252 with the black costume issue, mm-hmm. and I just even though it was slightly different, I mean even though his his Peter Parker was was just like well all of his people they looked anorexic you know I mean but but I just there was just something about it that I I just felt he kind of captured the captured how Spider Man looked and and it was it was a yeah. different look but it was one that I actually kind of liked. Um, and it was, I think it's funny because I think he followed um, uh, John Romita Jr., didn't he? Didn't Romita Yeah, he did. yeah. 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 So it was, it was definitely a change in style, but not one that, uh, that I thought was unpleasant. So, um, and actually, I liked his old stuff better than his newer stuff when he did Spider Girl for some reason. I, uh, I didn't like his Spider Girl around that much. Uh, let's see here. I would probably say then uh, Ron Garney. Uh, again, oh. I don't think I don't think Garney's done much Spider-Man, but he, I know he did like Back in Black, and I, I just I, I really like that. I just, I really like that. that. That Kingpin fight was awesome. It was. Yeah. It was a great. Yeah, and yeah. and I just like the way his Peter Parker looked. I mean, his Peter Parker looked like a. I mean, he he didn't look like a muscular dude, for example, but he looked strong. I mean, there was just he he you know he just kind of radiated a a strength and a power about him. You know, I guess part of it was because he was pissed off and he wasn't taking it anymore, but uh, <laughs> I, I just really liked, I liked his, his Peter Parker. I really did. Uh, did you ever read Ron Garney's run with uh, Mark Wade on Captain America? It was really good. No, no, I, I, I did. It's good stuff. He had a lot of good whole stuff, though. Um, Terry Dodson. I like Terry. I like hmm. Terry Dodson's art. Um, you know, like I've said, I think he only has one face for a woman because it looks like the same, but it's a nice-looking face. <laughs> no one's looking at Dodson's faces. Yeah. I, I didn't even know they had faces. Yeah, <laughs> I, I just I, I like that. It's it's like you know, good girl art or something. I I, I like yeah. it. Uh, his Fel- his Felicia, my God. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Lee Weeks is a favorite of mine. Oh, oh man, why didn't I put that on my Which list? Is, Lee Weeks, as, as y'all know. I mean, I've I've talked about him. You know, uh, yeah. Spider Man, Death and Destiny. I didn't like. You know, he did the 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 the, the Juggernaut Redux here in during Brand New Day. I right. didn't quite like him as much then as I liked his older stuff. I'm not so sh- I'm not sure why. Uh, but uh, but he did uh, but he did Death and Destiny, and he uh, also did uh, oh God oh uh, the Myst- Mysterio Manifesto. Which right. though it was a rather you know pretty average uh, story, uh, his you know his art was the best thing about it. I love his Mary Jane, 
I mean, mm-hmm. his his Mary Jane is sexy, but still still kind of the girl next door. Um, you know, she's not the you know he doesn't turn her into the sex kitten like Todd McFarlane you know did, and then like a lot of the other artists after him decided to. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Uh, what are we up to? About five? Was that something like five? Yeah, we got uh, one, two, three, four more. Yeah, okay, so that was five. Okay. Uh, I'd say probably uh, Mike Diodato Jr. Uh, Ooh, he's high. Number four yeah, on your list. Yeah, huh? I loved, I, I really, I mean, when he he was on JMS's run, uh, right. in fact, I mean, obviously he'll be on, uh, when we talk spider history, he'll be the artist on one of the issues there. Uh, even though, I I actually kind of like his motif of, of making them making the characters look like real people. I'm not sure why. I mean, uh, you know, because theoretically that should be, um, you know, uh, you know, you should deride him for not having any creativity and making up his own faces. But I kind of like trying to figure out who's who, uh, you know, with with the Norman being Tommy Lee Jones and and Peter being Jason Priestley and uh, Mary Jane being Liv Tyler. It was kind of a fun game to figure out who he was basing his characters on. But I do, I just liked his art. I really did. Um, Ross Andrew, obviously, again, he was the he was the he he's the, was the first uh, Spider-Man artist that I you know when I started reading Spider-Man regularly. So he always is kind of the the standard. Uh, and then it's kind of a toss-up between the Romitas. You know, I could I could flip, really any of the, about the top three or four. You know, I mean, I don't see you know I don't see how you can lose. Well, I don't see how you can lose with any any of the guys on this list. I really no. Wait a minute. The Raminas are the one and two for you. Sorry. Or? Yeah. I like I say you could flip a coin okay. either one. Uh, I, I like. I, I, I kind of like. I mean, I think you know, looking at John Ramita Senior style now, it 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 you know when you see it, it it almost stands out. It does. It stands out because it's almost. Uh, it seems very dated and absurd and cartoony and and but but it's still it defined how Spider Man looked. From then on, I mean, even though Ditko created, I mean, Ditko co-created Spider-Man. He created the looks for all the characters. Uh, I mean, Romita, but Romita is the one whose art helped send Spider-Man into pop culture icon status. Uh, that that kind of you know a sexier, uh, romantic uh, you know soap operish look. You know, I think uh, I you know made Spider-Man so- what he was. So Dit- Ditko doesn't make your top ten? No, I don't. I don't like Ditko's art. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's I you know I I respect him for the legend that he is and for you know like like I like uh, I read an article once that compared Ditko and Romita's art and it made the observation I think is a very valid one that Romita could not have created Spider Man with Dick with uh, Lee, but then Ditko couldn't have taken Spider Man to the heights of popularity with Lee that Romita did. And I think that's a pretty yeah. good way to, to sum the two uh, I mean Ditko was essential to Spider-Man's creation, no doubt about it. But like, for example, I look when I my brother used to buy all kinds of comics ages ago, and I remember him getting the old Machine Man series, mm-hmm. you know, and Ditko drew that, and I just couldn't stand to look at it. I just, you know, compared with the, you know, like I said, Ross Andrew was my standard, you know, and I just did not care for Ditko's art. I didn't think the people looked like people; um, they looked more like caricatures. So, you know, that, yeah. that, be that as a thing. That's your top ten. That's top All right, George, let's hear yours. All right, well, uh, like JR, um, I did not have Steve Ditko on my top ten either. 
Um, wow. I've said this before several times. Uh, I like Steve Ditko's art on Doctor Strange. It was very well suited for Doctor Strange, but I obviously when you talk iconic Spidey, it's Romita Senior. It's not Ditko. So yeah, Ditko didn't make it on my top ten either. Uh, Man, he made it into my honorable mention category, but uh, he didn't make it into my top ten. So okay. my top ten. Um, I'll I'll start from from number ten. Uh, was Mark Buckingham? Yeah, and, Jenkins stuff. Yeah, and and I'll tell you why. Uh, Mark Buckingham makes this list, and and to be number ten among the the top ten artists is a big thing. I mean, I'm not slighting Mark Buckingham; he's fantastic. But the stories that Mark Buckingham did were with Jenkins right when right after Mary Jane had died, and there were so. Many stories that dealt with that loss that that you know Jenkins put the human face on it. You had Mackie over here, you know, juggling puppets or whatever the hell Mackie was doing, but you had <laughs> but you had Jenkins over there actually showing what a man who lost his wife looks like. The stories were very personal, yeah. and Buckingham's artwork was very very emotive, and so and, and that always just stuck with me about that run, the, the synergy that he and Jenkins had. It was very good. Um, number nine is going to surprise you guys, I think. Stefano Caselli. Really? Yeah. I think he's a modern one. I know, and I think out of all of the current, you know, brand new verse artists, um, his stuff has has always been very good. Um, there's a lot of times, you know, when you know we've, we we used to review the books and you know what pros or cons. How many times? How many times did we get through an issue and say, well, the story sucked, but man, that art was that art really looked good. You know what I mean? Yeah. And a lot, I think a lot of the times when I said that it was Caselli that was doing it. Um, so I'm going to give it. I, I'm going to give put him on the list just because a he's current, but I, I, I'm trying to find some good from the craft that is the current status quo. Um, <laughs> and uh, and Stefano Caselli, I like his style very much. Um, number nine, or uh, pardon me, number eight. Number eight, I put McFarland at number eight. Um, we talked about this on the, uh, on Facebook uh, earlier this week. But I, I go back and I look at those McFarlane issues, and and for me, they just they don't you know decades later they don't stand up. Um, it was early; it was still early in Todd's career. I think his work on Spawn uh, was much better because he he had actually um, kind of sharpened his style a little bit. But you go back in those early issues and you look at the way McFarlane used to draw chicks, and you're like, no, this is this is all this is horrible. I you know I and, and and I hear you know if you guys are talking about um about you know Humberto Ramos and his style and his exaggeration that was that was the same thing McFarland did just with a different just in a different way his his characters I, were very exaggerated I disagree I still like McFarland stuff I'm not saying he's horrible I mean the guy's a millionaire yeah. I'm just saying and he's on the top ten <laughs> I mean obviously he yeah. had he had the number one spell you know the number one selling Spider Man comic. Two- Two point five million copies of all time, right? Right. Yeah. So, yeah. so he's yeah, so he's on there. But for me, his stuff just doesn't stand up as as much as it used to. Uh, number seven for me is Gil Kane, um, hmm. and Gil Kane did a lot of Spider-Man art. It wasn't just an Amazing Spider-Man, but I, I he did a lot of work on some of the other titles as well. Um, not as much as like Ross Andrew, but he he did do a lot of the stories that I like, and that's why he makes this list. Um, Bagley, uh, I have Bagley at number six. Um, even with the Ultimate Spider-Man title that I hate, um, yeah. 
you have you know you have to recognize Bagley's accomplishment on Spider-Man, not just in the '90s on Amazing Spider-Man, but also what was it a hundred issues? Yeah, of of Ultimate Spider-Man. I mean, say what you want about the Ultimate Universe, that's you know that's boss right there. Yeah. So so Bagley makes it because his stuff is good and because you know I mean just just you know the sheer volume of stuff that he's done. You don't do hundreds and hundreds of issues of Spider-Man, you know, and suck. It's kind of sad that the people that do last uh, long term on books aren't as recognized. I think it's like Peter David. He he consistently sticks with the title for fifty to hundred issues. Mark Bagley does the same right, thing. Right. Uh, they just are so, Alex Savick, uh, Salvi Sima, several people that just have stuck around for a long time just aren't recognized. I think that's sad. It's the hot ones like Liefeld and and um, well back in the nineties. Uh, <laughs> uh, what's his name? Uh, Joe Mad. He'll he'll do about two, three or four issues and then disappear for a few. That's because he's a cover guy. He's he's going to go do covers for yeah. comic magazines or gamer magazines. That, you know that'll keep him in hookers and blow. That's all well, he cares. Different about. people have different speeds too. Like. Um, it yeah, was in an era where it was taking one artist four months to put out one issue of a comic book. Mark Bagley was regularly putting out two issues of Ultimate Spider-Man in one month. Ramita yeah. Jr. is the same way. I was going to tell yes, you on that is. when I got up to him. Ramita Jr. is the exact same way. Who do I want? If I'm going to have an ongoing title, am I going to give that to Brian Hitch? <laughs> or am I going to give it? Or am I going to go to you know Ramita Jr. who's already doing three books and who can get it done on time? Yeah, depends on All how right. smart you are. Exactly yeah, right. So, uh, so my number, yeah, number six was Bagley. Number five was Ross yep. Andrew, uh, who Jr. has already covered in great length. Um, number four for me is Sabu Sima, and Sabu Sima yeah. uh, edges Ross Andrew here just because of the of of the legendary, you know, one hundred plus issues that he did on um, on uh, Spectacular. Mm. Um, you know, there was when I when I was doing uh, the Spidey Friday Night Fights. Can y'all hear me? Yeah, yeah. my mic cut out. Um, I did a, a few issues of um, of Sal's stuff, and people were like, "I remember there were comments, and they're like, oh, I hadn't seen this kind of thing before. I want to run out and get this now.'" And I'd point out to him, you know, like you know the strengths uh, of his work, you know, and 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 people were suddenly getting that. They're like, "Yeah, I, I need to go out and get more of this." I'm like, "Well, damn right you do." <laughs> because there were times for me, especially like like in that period, like in the early '90s. Where yeah. where spectacular was the superior book to amazing? Yeah, it really was. I agree. The stories were just much better, and a lot of that had to do with Sal, with our pal yeah. Sal. Um, Jr., are you a fan of Sal? I don't think was he on your list. I don't think he was. No, he he wasn't. Uh, uh, see, the thing is, you know, when you ask me about art, I mean, like I've always said, I'm a guy who can't draw a straight line with a straight edge. And I, I have a great deal of trouble distinguishing why I prefer certain art over another, and the reasons that I don't like certain art probably wouldn't make sense to anybody else. But I, mm-hmm. I didn't like, I guess, I, I don't know. The On Sal's work, you know, it was the... Everybody seemed to have like a lot of extra dark lines or something. I know that I know that doesn't make any sense, but it's all it's all subjective. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. It, it just it just everybody's face seemed to have. To, it, they didn't. I don't know. It didn't seem natural. You know. It just it yeah. just did, it seemed too dark and too many lines. And like I said, it makes absolutely no sense to anybody else but me. So <laughs> one of one of my favorite uh, Sal stories, and I did one of these for Friday Spider Night uh, Friday Spidey. Spidey Friday Night Fight. I can't even say it right. 
Um, Which was a regular feature on our front page. Yes, um, and you can still find it. It's still there. It's in the, it's, our, it's archive. You can go and run and find it. Um, tell your friends. But anyway, um, <laughs> one of my favorite arcs that Sal did, or not arcs, but one-offs, was uh, that time when the rhino came after him. Uh, like Harry had a high, remember, and, and, and Spider-Man just beat the crap out of him. Spider-Man took out every bit of angst he had at Harry and all the crap going on in his life and just literally just kicked the living shit out of the rhino to the point where the rhino was like, stop, stop, I'm dead already. <laughs> I wish I remember, uh, oh, probably like 234-ish or 238 yeah, I th- spec. Yeah, I think so. No, that was um, 190, spec 190, I think. Okay, but I mean, it was a, it was a brutal story. I mean, it really was, and and uh, I mean that that fight was epic, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, so Sal is my number four. My number three is Ron Friends. Yeah, and and Friends is number three for me. It's it, number one. It's a sentimental pick because Friends. Um, I I started reading well, looking at Spidey from age three. Uh, Friends was the artist in junior high. Uh, for well, back when I was in junior high, uh, and who re- who tackled the uh, the meat of the hobgoblin stuff? Yeah, you know, uh, you had John Romita Jr. You know, doing I think John Romita Jr. drew the first hobgoblin story. Yes, two thirty eight. Yeah, and uh, and then friends, you know, picked up the ball and ran with it after that. And um, and, and I, he had that awesome black suit. I mean, the friends. Had oh it. yeah, it was Fr- great, there was so much that friends times. had to play with. I mean, one of the greatest Spidey fights that we talk about is Spider Man beating Fire Lord. Mm-hmm. And that, I mentioned that, that yesterday on the show. That, no, did you? And that that two page, yeah, yeah that two page or not two page, two issue, just epic story, you know. And it was beautiful. And and when you look at Fringe's stuff, Fringe put so much work into into like like the cityscapes. It wasn't yeah. just enough for him to have action. You had to see what what was going on behind it and everyone down the street's reaction to it. <laughs> you know, it wasn't lazy working on that. Jr. brings up a good point. He drew he drew slimmer characters, but when he drew a big character, that big character was huge. And I, I'm thinking back to the way he drew, uh, like uh, again back to the Rhino and the uh, Sinister Syndicate stories, you know, things yeah. like that. In um, was it Man Mountain Marco that story? Mm-hmm. So so Ron, two, Fren- huh? Yeah. Well, oh, I was thinking of the wrestler of two seventy one. No, um, Man Mountain Marco, of friends. I'm trying to think. Was that? Yeah. Was that that? Okay. Yeah. That's a. Uh, yeah. And he's got. I think he had like. Didn't he have like a purple jacket on or something like that? Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. So that's just that, trying to think issue numbers when you're talking. <laughs> that's my number three pick, and for my number one and my number two pick, I'm I'm the same as Jr.'s. I had Ramita Senior as number one. Ramita Junior as number two. Yep. And um, I I just I don't see any way that you can argue against you know or putting them in that position. I mean they're. I've said it a lot before. It's like it's not Spidey unless there's a Ramita, you know, um, which isn't really true. I mean, that's, you know, there's a lot of great artists out there, but I mean, the two of them, um, I, it'd be it'd be interesting to see how many issues between the two of them they've actually done with Spider-Man. Um, yeah, I agree. But I, that, you know, it's just it, it's a legacy. It's it's a beautiful thing, and and you know, and and not only that, they're both wonderful people too. Yeah, but nice uh, I had I had a few honorable mentions. D- uh, Ditko, Todd Nock, um, Diodato was on my honorable mention list. Uh, Angel Medina, um, Lee Weeks was on mine. Er- Eric Larson. Eric Larson is someone who I-, I like his style, but I like it better on other things. Not I didn't like his Spider-Man stuff so much because Mary Jane was like eighty feet tall, and and half of that was hair. 
<laughs> you know. And uh, Ramos and uh, Pat Olaf round out my honorable. Oh, Pat Olaf, yeah, honorable. Mention. Let me, let, uh, let let me read you my top ten, and you can hear Kevin's real quick, uh, like to get your reactions from him. My top ten, real quick. Number ten, Ross Andrew. Number nine, Eric Larson. Number eight, Alex Savick. Number seven, Ron Friends. Number six, Sal Buscema. Number five, Todd McFarlane. Number four, Mark Bagley. Number three, John Romita Jr. Number two, John Romita Sr. And number one, Ditko. Uh, yeah, you're higher. You're higher. <laughs> crack cocaine with that pick. The reason I put uh, Ditko as number one, and Bertoni put it in better words than I did last night. He said, without those original 38, without the character designs of P- Peter, Aunt May, Uncle Ben, the goblins, the... Um, just the world of Spider-Man, we wouldn't be doing what we're doing. We wouldn't be talking about uh, this character. He laid the groundwork, and we have to. Uh, without him, we don't have Spider-Man. I don't. I don't it, know that that's true. I don't know that. Let's say if Ramita, because Ramita Senior was around, his style was. I mean, it was the same because he was doing romance comics. The the thing is that I, I said last night on the show, and and uh, I'll, I'll repeat it on this episode. If Lee and Ramita launched Spider-Man, it would look very similar to a good-looking guy, which we've seen. We've seen a good-looking guy in Superman. With, with Ditko, he, he, it, it, it isn't such a beautiful world uh, that uh, Ramita paints. Uh, there's a beautiful redhead on the corner. There's a beautiful blonde sitting next to me in school. Uh, I'm a handsome-looking man that just kind of has, you know, average luck and bad luck, etc. With Ditko, not everyone is as attractive, and it's 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 a rougher world, and the world hasn't seen that, I don't think, in a superhero comic. So I think I don't I. I think Ditko launched it, got the attention, and made him a classic. And I think Ramita Sr. made him a classic for the ages, mm. is, is my opinion. Okay. So that's my two cents. Kevin, let's hear yours real quick, and we'll hear, hear the, the the group's reaction. Um, down from number 10, uh, I started with Todd McFarlane, number 10, as I noted last night, purely for Venom and the webbing. I don't like Todd <laughs> McFarlane's style beyond that. Um Number nine is Alex Saviak. Number eight, Gil Kane. Number seven, Ron Friends. Number six, Mike Diodato Jr., um, who I'm gratified to hear on even more lists now. I originally thought it was just going to be me. Um, and then it was on Chris's list last night as well. Uh, number yeah. five is Sal Buscema. Number four is Mark Bagley. Number three, John Armita Jr. Number two, Steve Ditko. Number one, John Armita Sr. Hmm. And I'm also going to say, and I explained this more last night, um, I don't like Steve Ditko's style aesthetically. I don't like looking at his uh, Spider-Man art, but I think the way I put it before was he defined Spider-Man's world. John Romita Sr. redefined it. Those two are always going to be at the top of a list, and for me, I much prefer John Romita Sr.'s actual art. You know, you can make a case... I agree. um, you know, I mean, my favorite all-time Spider-Man moment was uh, was from um, uh, that. What was it? Thirty-eight, where he's buried under the tons of stuff under isn't Doctor yeah. Octopus's lair. I think it's thirty-three and or thirty-one. That, that whole AR? thirty-three, I think <laughs> 33, thirty-three, thirty-three. That whole that whole series of panels uh, is, yep. is like my all-time fi- favorite Spider-Man moment. It defines the character. It's why every bit of that is exactly why. 
joke with Seda doesn't understand the character when he does one more day. Because that character is buried, it would be the easiest thing on earth for him to just give up and get crushed and let it all be over with. But he doesn't. He's like, I can't. I, 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 I got my aunt to think about, and I, I'm going to lick the you – know, and then finally he throws it off of him, you know, and there's adrenaline – Surge, and then like he's wounded and gets out of like uh, the river and fights ten guys, you know, <laughs> and and that to me I was like this is this is who this this is who this is when, uh, or this is who Spider Man is when when was it who was it was it Doctor Strange or Reed or Tony that said this boy is the best of us? Yeah, uh, one of them. That's, that's, forget, that's so. why, huh? Doctor Strange. Yeah, yeah, that's why. That moments like that are why. So for me, that was a very iconic moment. So I, maybe I'm, maybe I'm going too crazy with the with the not giving Ditko props thing. I don't know. <laughs> no, I anyway, think you are, George. I mean, I mean, I think we both have have stated um, our vast appreciation for Ditko's legacy mm-hmm. and th- what he brought to the creation of Spider-Man. I mean, like you know, he was the one who kept Spider-Man grounded when Stan Lee was coming up with silly ideas like making the Green Goblin originally an, an Egyptian phantom, you know, uh, stuff like what? So, I don't. I've never heard that. Yeah, never heard that. Crazy. Yeah. No. Was Stan Lee wanted to make an Egyptian phantom? Well, it came out. It, it, there's an interview with. There was an interview with Ditko. It was around the time the first movie came out. Is one of those yeah. movie magazines, and Ditko said that Lee's original interpretation idea for the Green Goblin was that he was going to be a spirit or a demon released from an Egyptian sarcophagus. Mm-hmm. You know, and and Ditko said no, 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 that's not that's not that's not going. To I I think so, it was that same interview where he said he wanted him to have a third testicle too, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so but we recognize Ditko's legacy, but I you know I think his art strictly belongs in 1962. I mean, that, to me, mm-hmm. that's that's where it belongs. It does. It doesn't. You know, it doesn't translate today. Where to everybody else on this list, I can I can go back and read that. I can go back and uh, you know, I can still I can I would I enjoy looking at them even today. Uh, but Ditko is no. I think his art is very definitely a product of its time. If you ask me for my top ten Doctor Strange artists, Steve Ditko is number one. Yeah. So, I don't know. Gene Cohen worked on Doctor Strange, man. <laughs> yeah, he did, and so did Frank Bruner, and there was a lot of really good stuff that went on. But but Ditko did so much in creating alternate dimensions and making those completely different and doing it in a really weird way that really fit the time period. I remember when I was in junior high and high school, and I didn't know much of, of Marvel's back history, I would look at the Doctor Strange stuff and say, okay – they sat around the office and got stoned out of their minds and came up with this stuff. And then you read the the truth, and you're like, Ditko's like the straightest. I don't even know if Ditko's ever had a drink in his life. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> that is surprising. You know? Um, so I was like, wow. Although I, was, I, just wish, I just wish he could contribute and, and, and talk. I wish he would just do an interview and just, before he passes away, just, you know, talk. Well, he kinda, he's kind of contradictory because... Sometimes yeah. he'll say, you know, his thing, you know, especially, and this is what came forth, you know, when you read that uh, Marvel the Untold story. Ditko's like, the work is the work. This is a job. I'm, this is just work for me. I, why are you even all that, you know, crazy about this one thing? He doesn't understand it, I think. But then on the other hand, you know, he'll talk about Joe Quesada breaking toys, like Joe Quesada just kicked him in the snutch and ran down the block. Yeah. You know, I'm sorry, Kevin, yeah, what did you I, say? I didn't mean to. N- I have no idea. Um, <laughs> I was about to say something completely new and different. I, I don't remember. Um, 
No, I was going to say, uh, Ditko has, like, once or twice opened his mouth with uh, some random paragraphs we find online and start talking about, but it's always some crazy drivel, so I, I feel like if he gave many interviews now, it wouldn't really tell us much. Yeah, I mean, you say you'd like to hear him talk. I don't know if we'd want to listen to what came out of his mouth. It would just sound like the rantings of a crazy person, probably. That's too uh, bad. But, you know, you, you talk about legacies, and, and, he, and I agree. I mean, he's not one of my favorite Spider-Man artists, but I think Mark Bagley, I mean, defined Ultimate Spider-Man. I mean, you know, you always talk about jumping on and jumping off points. You know, I mean, how many people jumped off Ultimate Spider-Man when Bagley left? I mean, that title yeah. dropped. I, I, I don't remember the exact numbers, but I just kept thinking, eh, when Bagley leaves, the number's going to fall, and, and they certainly did. Because it wasn't, I mean, I was never the biggest fan of the Ultimate Spider-Man universe, but Bagley defined it. He just defined the look of Ultimate Spider-Man. And when he left, it, just, it, lost, it lost its distinctiveness. And Stuart Eminem is a good artist, but it was tough filling the shoes, I thought. Yeah. He is a good yeah, artist. Yeah, I didn't think Eminem fit yeah. that well on that title. I, d- right after I, d- I agree. I agree. But, but uh, you know, as uh, Bagley thankfully came back for the death of Peter Parker, and that was great. Um, I mentioned before Bagley's coming back for the Cataclysm story, so I'm looking forward to that. I'm glad, you know, he's still, he's still present, even if he's not the ongoing artist anymore. Oh, wait a minute. So Bagley's coming back for this, the end thing? Yeah, he's yeah. drawing the main cataclysm. Oh, okay, series. that's it. That seals the deal. That that thing's done. <laughs> <laughs> that right there it should be your. That, that's the biggest indicator. That the, the, the ultimate universe is going bye bye. <laughs> you hear heard it here. Well, we've been saying that, that was the lot. first ultimate universe book. Was Ultimate Spider Man number one? Right, right. And the next one. Yeah. So that that makes nothing but yeah. This thing's done. It's a thick fork in it, man. <laughs> <laughs> We're going back for a eulogy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>